T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of my little um, appearance this week. The name is Dave Simons, filling in for At Your Service, and uh, happy to be here. Hopefully, you're all enjoying yourself wherever you may find yourself. And these days, because of technology, that just doesn't mean St. Louis, although, of course, X powerful waves across the uh, fruited plain have long for years been heard about around much of the country in the evening but these days heck you could be in europe you could be in australia you could be anywhere in the world and pick us up in fact i just got a text from some folks i know down in texas hey listening to you right now sounding good like well you're not listening to me then it is uh 906 in st louis or 907, just turned. Dave Simons here. By day, a certified financial planner managing money for higher net worth individuals. But by night, well, usually at night, I'm hanging around either uh, playing the aforementioned guitar that I had just spoken of, taking that up just a couple of years ago, late in life, uh, helping my wife do a crossword puzzle, or watching Netflix, or getting ready for tomorrow's business, but occasionally filling in uh, at your service and uh, just have a great time doing so because I get to sort of spread the wings and talk about uh, things outside of what I do for a living. And that includes uh, this story, which it's, it's a lesson that I learned, and I think it's a reminder for all of us a little bit. And I'll set it up this way. So I turned 16 in 1978. And... I had just purchased my first car from my dad. It's actually the family car, a 72 Dodge Duster. Paid a few hundred bucks. I don't even think I had the money. I probably had to give it to him over time or whatever. But uh, that was my car. That was my first car, 72 Dodge Duster. And I'll never forget, this moment is indelible for me because I'm drive- we were living in Lake St. Louis at the time, and I'm driving down the service road. On, on Highway 70 out at Lake St. Louis. And I just felt free, man. I, I'm 16 years old. My long hair blowing in the wind. It, windows down. It's the summer. And yes, I had long hair. <laughs> Don't have any now. Haven't had any for a long time. But man, I had beautiful hair back then. Down, covered the neck, touching the shoulders. Oh, yeah. it was. That was the way we did it back in the 70s. And... I turned on, of course, when you're that age and 
still do occasionally, KC95. And I just felt like I'm a man. I'm 16. I got my driver's license, baby. And I can listen to KC95 whenever I want. I don't have to worry about turning it up at home and people getting mad at me. I can do it here. And I don't know if it was the first song that came on. In my brain, that's what I remember. It might have been the eighth song. But this new song came on, and I don't know why, but it hit me that this is like the greatest song I've ever heard. Who is this? And I waited till the end, and the DJ said that was the new one from REO Speedwagon called Roll With The Changes. And I'm thinking, REO Speedwagon, I know them. I, I know some of their songs. Yeah, yeah, I think they do that. Uh, yeah, um, what, Golden Country? I, 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 Yeah, they do that one. Riding the Storm Out. Yeah, that, boy, doesn't sound like that. that, that's, that that's just the most awesome song I've ever heard. Turns out that that song had been out for a little bit and was out on their classically named album, You Can Tune a Piano, But You Can't Tune a Fish. I immediately went to Streetside Records, or maybe it was Peaches, I, I, one of the local iconic brand name uh, record stores, and I picked the album up. And my friends, I played that over and over and over and over and over and over again. In fact, so much so that by the time I went to college to Mizzou a couple of years later, I had to buy another edition of it because I had just played the heck out of that thing. That band turned into immediately my favorite band of all time. And that one-two punch of Roll With The Changes and then Time For Me To Fly. I know that I'm preaching to the choir here in St. Louis for a lot of you because St. Louis and KC really took REO under its wings in the early days when their first album came out in 1971. But, man, I turned into a fanboy. To this day, I can't fully explain it. Don't we all have a band or an artist or something that, for whatever reason, just we connected with? And maybe your friend said, well, I, I think they're okay. I don't really understand the, <laughs> the, the unbridled enthusiasm you have for this band. They're okay. That's how I was with REO. But a lot of St. Louisans really, really dug their music and still do to this day. But every time they would come out with an album, then Nine Lives came out in 79. Then, of course, the classic High Infidelity. But... You fast forward into the internet age in the late 90s, and everybody was getting their own website, and REO was no different, and I would get on there, and here I am in my late 30s at the time, and I'm still as big of a fanboy of REO, seen the dozens of times, various places across the country. Kevin Cronin turned into almost an unhealthy idol of mine because when I first saw them in concert in 1979 I was 17 years old and here's Cronin dancing back and forth and he had the most awesome hair speaking of hair and if you don't know what I'm talking about look it up do Kevin Cronin 1970s or old Kevin Cronin hair something like that the most awesome rock hair ever 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 nobody Maybe Robert Plant back in the days came somewhat close, but nobody ever had hair like that. And he played guitar and he had this confidence. That's what I remembered most. Here's a guy who had confidence and was jamming and this whole band. And next to him, Gary Richrath. 
the Peoria native. And of course the band was out of champagne. So I felt like they were close and they were, they were the band. So I get online later on in life in the late nineties and I start participating in these chat rooms. This is a new thing, right? Chat rooms. This is awesome. I don't have to just tell everybody about my love of REO next to me. My friends got tired of it. My wife grew long tired of it. She said, I'm, I'm done going to REO shows. Okay. But now I can talk to people I don't even know. And there are people like me out there. This is great. Well, because of my journalism background, I would actually type things that, shall we say, were a little different than the average mullet-headed rock guy. I know that sounds really elitist. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to come off that way. But it was a little different. And it, it caught the attention. It caught the attention of the president of the fan club who had a direct line to the band. Oh, this is getting good. It gets good for a while until it didn't. Lesson to be learned and in a way that maybe you're not even expecting. I want to continue that story about putting people up on a pedestal and disappointing you. And this is a story that's going to go a little off the deep end here before it gets a little bit better. So stay with us. You're listening to At Your Service on KMOX. Dave Simons filling in tonight. Yes, the fanboy of REO Speedwagon about to tell you the story about the band and one person in particular letting him down. Stay with us. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Oh, Brewster, love you, man. Little old classic REO, REO 2 album, which by the way, Brewster doesn't know this, but I'm about to refer to that album here in a second with this story. Welcome back at your service on Camo X. It's 919 in St. Louis. Dave Simon's filling in tonight and continuing on with this story. So um, the president of the REO Speedwagon fan club, I'm sitting in my office in January of 2001. I don't remember the exact date, but it was 21 years ago this month. And I get a phone call. And she introduces herself as Kathy, and I don't want to give the last name, and you'll see why in a second. She introduces herself and said, um, or I actually, I knew the name right away, and I said, from the Ariel Fan Club? She said, yeah, yeah. And, And I'm thinking, how did she get my phone number? That's weird. 
But she said, you know, today in Champaign, Illinois, is REO Speedwagon Day. The governor of Illinois has signed a proclamation that in the state of Illinois, where they're from, uh, they're, they're, they're doing a big celebration in Champaign, and they're in concert tonight in Champaign. And the mayor of Champaign is going to be there and give them a key to the city, and they're going to rename a portion of one of the major roads in Champaign, REO Speedwagon Way. And I said, of course I know that. I'm the biggest fanboy. I was thinking of going up there today. And she said, well, let me uh, sweeten the deal for you a little bit. Kathy then proceeds to tell me she can't make it to the event. She's stuck in Milwaukee. She was going to, for the band, take be the official photographer. And when they are done on stage outside in downtown Champaign, and by the way, it's a cold, snowy day, but the band was going to get on this podium and all the fans were going to show up braving the cold. And meanwhile, she was going to take pictures. And then after that was done and the mayor does his thing, the band was going to go into a place called the Red Lion. You old REO fans will know exactly what I'm talking about. It's on the back of the REO2 album where the band is shown inside the Red Lion. They used to play in that place. It still exists. I don't know if it's the same name, by the way. I, I don't know that. But it was still there in 2001. And the band was going to go in there for a private get-together with family and, and friends and just celebrate what just happened. And then later that night, they were going to have just a regular concert where the um, Illini basketball teams play. Kathy tells me she would like me to take her place, that she has a media pass waiting for me in the mayor's office. And could I take a camera up there, take pictures, and then be with the band as they are? I'm not kidding. I'm sitting here listening to this going, you have... I feel like those girls at the Ed Sullivan show screaming with the Beatles in 1964. That's how over the top I am with this band ever since I was 16 years old. And there's another media pass waiting for me, which then I invited my uh, partner there at, at work, still my partner to this day, Tom Cordes. And, and, I, and Tom knows how big of a fan. I said, Tom, you and I, man, we're going to Champaign, Illinois. We go trucking up there. We get the media passes. We're standing outside. Sure enough, limo pulls up. Here's the band. We, Tom and I, both have our cameras. We're taking pictures, which, by the way, were posted on the, the REO Speedwagon site. Got lots of accolades for that. And I'm thinking the whole time, I get to go with these guys inside the red line over here. I'm going to get to hang with them. And I'm going to get to say hello to my earthly idol, Kevin Cronin, who now has shorter hair and a different color. But nonetheless, it's him. So everything gets wrapped up. Everybody walks in, and I'm thinking, ah, bye, losers. <laughs> I get to go inside with my media pass because Kathy, the head of the fan club, personally selected yours truly to go in with one of the iconic rock bands known to U.S. rock fans who, by the way, should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but that's another story. So we go in there. After a few minutes, I literally find myself standing next to Kevin Cronin, 
who's not next to anybody. I don't know why. He's just got a, a water. And I look and he's right there. And I'm going, okay, don't be stupid. Say something. Introduce yourself. He's just a man who's got a great deal of musical talent. That's it. <laughs> so I said, hey, uh, Kevin. Yeah. He's got that higher pitch voice. I don't want to sound like Michael Jackson. I said, Kevin, my name is Dave Simons, and um, I just wanted to let you know, man, I've been a big fan since the early days and KC95 in St. Louis. And Oh, we love KC95. They're one of our foot. And that's kind of how he talks. We love KC95. I said, I, I know, man, that they, they, they were one of the first, if not the first big station to really promote your music. And that's how I found you guys. And I kind of told the whole story and he seemed genuinely interested. And I'm thinking this, I can't believe this is happening. This is Kevin Cronin. The guy that I, I just, when I was 16, 17 years old, I would look at him on stage and I, I want to be that guy. And here I am. And then I made the fateful decision. I said, Kevin, this is not what I actually do for a living. I'm not a photographer. Um, I was actually invited by Kathy, nah. last name, the president of the fan club, who you may know. And she, and he said, what? I said, oh, I, I was, um, Kathy couldn't make it. So she called me today and, and he goes, oh, okay, um, hold on. He looks down at his feet. He looks at me again. He's like, he's now eyeballing me. He looks down at his feet again like something ain't working here in his world. He then leaves, goes over to their manager, Tom Consolo, who's still their manager, consults with him and their keyboardist, Neil Dowdy, who, by the way, is from the Metro East area. They both turn around. They're all looking at me. I'm like, holy bleep, what is going on? My buddy Tom walks over. He is seeing this from a distance. He's like, what, dude, what's going on? I, I don't know. I just mentioned Kathy Meep's name and Kevin Cronin, KC. People are close to him. We call him KC. KC like flips out or something. Consolo walks over and said, uh, excuse me, who are you again? I'm Dave Simons. I'm from St. Louis. I, I was asked by Kathy to, and, he, and that's when he stops. He goes, okay, um, this party's over. So I'm going to need to escort you out. And I look at what? And I don't like what I can, when I'm bullied, I don't like it. There's something that gets triggered there. And I didn't budge at first. And I said, uh, no one else is leaving. And he said, well, we're going to ask them to leave in just a second. That's when he got physical, not physical, physical, but he grabbed my elbow. And now he is physically escorting me out of there. And Tom's following. My friends, what happened? This is crazy, but true story. Kathy set me up. She had sued the band and I think the band was countersuing her. If not at that moment, they would. And it was over something I'm not even going to get into. Let me just say that Kathy ended up going to jail. The former president of the REO fan club, I unknowingly got caught in the middle of this huge legal thing. That's why Kathy couldn't leave Milwaukee. 
That's why she couldn't, wasn't even allowed to get anywhere near REO. She had a restraining order on her. And here I am, doop, 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 like an Odie dog. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin Cronin. Hey, everybody at REO Speedwagon. Guess who sent me? Kathy did. No wonder they flipped out. They didn't know who I was. I found that out the next day. But I was so outraged by the whole thing. I actually had a ticket to the show that night, and I did go. But I never got out of my chair. I'm like, this band can you know what. I turned against my own band because I didn't know what happened at the time. But as I'm driving back, I'm saying, I've just started laughing. I'm like, dude, you know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. You have to know everybody, and I've said this before. I'm a, I, I'm a, a man of strong faith, all right? Um, Jesus Christ is my Savior. God is, I, I, I just, I'm very biblically sound. To this day, I'm convinced that was a God thing. I had so idolized another human being and put him on this pedestal that once I was able to finally get close, this, by the way, I have no animosity toward Kevin Cronin. This is not his fault at all. But it was a lesson to me that you are idolizing the wrong things, man. No wonder you're devastated here. No wonder this will forever change the way you look at the band. And it did for a while. I didn't, I did, couldn't even play the music for a while. Now, 20 years later, I'm, I'm back just loving their music. And in fact, I have tickets to their show this summer at Riverport. Yes, I still call it Riverport with Sticks and Loverboy. I'm dating myself, but I'm still the classic rock guy. So it's totally over. By the way, I told that story eventually to the new REO fan club head. And she passed that on to the band. I got a personal email from one of the leading, one of the co-founders, the man who named the band REO Speedwagon, Neil Dowdy, the keyboard player, still with him after all these years. He sent me an email and said, I just, uh, uh, and by the way, he said, we figured you didn't know what was going on. And I apologize. We knew when you were being escorted out, you probably had no idea what was happening. But we couldn't take that chance. And I'm thinking, okay, why don't I get free tickets then? Why don't I get to go backstage again and do this all over? But but whatever, it didn't happen. So I know that some of you probably have had similar stories of meeting someone that you really admired and thought the world of and then felt let down. Mine's a little bit more of a dramatic example of that because I was too much of a fanboy, too much of that giggly middle schooler. And... At the same time, it really wasn't the person letting me down. It was the whole concept of, uh, of what had happened there. So to bring this full circle, I had mentioned at the end of the previous hour, there was one person's death that really probably shook me more than most. No, not Kevin Cronin. He's still out there doing his thing. But Gary Richrath, the lead guitarist who wrote their classics, many of their classic songs like Riding the Storm Out, Golden Country, the classic Take It on the Run off their High Infidelity album. He wrote that. And I knew he had been ill. He lived a hard life. And I'll leave it at that. And it caught up to him. He died a little shy of his 66th birthday back in uh, the fall of 2015. 
I felt like a piece of me was taken away at that point. And it will happen as we all get older and other members of REO. I'm thinking I, they will predecease me, you know, God willing. But just like Lou Brock, Bob Gibson, Hank Aaron, who I loved on uh, growing up sports idols who passed away. And that really affected me a couple of years ago, even more so with Gary Richrath, um, that wonderful man who I, I actually got to meet too. He was not with the band back in 2001. He had been somewhat unceremoniously dumped by the band in 89, but I got, I, I had gotten to meet him in the eighties in another uh, uh, venue just a great guy. So anyway, that concludes a long story, but uh, a rather interesting one that when I write my book, when I write my memoirs, and I've been asked to because I have a million weird, wild stories like that of uh, crazy things happening to me. Uh, that will be one of them for sure. All right. When we come back, I really need to shift this up because I haven't really talked anything about things in my lane in my area of expertise. And I think we need to, with the stock market being so volatile. I wanna give you some of my personal observations of what's happening as we try to sort through all of this volatility, where we think this thing is going and what all of us investors should know. It is 9.33 in St. Louis. Thanks for indulging me to that kind of long story. Hopefully you found it somewhat entertaining through my, my painful recollections of it. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back, everybody. It is 937 in St. Louis. Dave Simons here tonight. Thanks so much for uh, indulging me this evening. I will sign off at 10 o'clock. The next time that I uh, know that I'll be on the air will be my usual hosting of the Dollars and Cents show, which will be a couple of weeks from this weekend. It'll be Sunday, February 13th. That is a Sunday, right? I believe. Anyway, it's that second Sunday in in uh, February. For those of you who get my weekly commentary on Fridays, of course, I keep everyone updated on that. Well, speaking of chat rooms, and I promise no more references to um, idolized rock bands and artists. But one of the things that I'll do is when I go online and I look at financial news, which I do, of course, every day for my job, and I'll just see how things are going in the markets. I'll read analysis and other professionals and their opinions. And some of the websites then will allow for just anybody to get on there and comment on the story. I printed this one out because it might be the best comment from a regular reader I have ever read when it comes to the stock market. This person might be an investment professional. I have no idea. He does list his name, Michael Palmeter. P-A-L-M-E-T-E-R, Michael Palmier. I have no idea where in the country he even lives um, because this is a big, you know, this this was marketwatch.com, I believe is where I found this. But people were talking about a story on an analyst who was predicting where the stock market's going to go, which is always a foolish thing. People get paid a lot of money for being wrong. That's what that industry is. So here's Michael Palmeter, and he writes, quote, I've been reading prognostications in the financial media for 25 years. 
It has become very, very clear to me that predictions are not the result of new information or predictive models. They are the consequence of investor desperation to know unknowable things and a willingness to indulge in magical thinking rather than live with the world as it is. Put these in the same category as fad diets. Always wrong, but nobody wants to know that because it makes them feel helpless. But very, be very, very cognizant of your own emotional state before you make an investment decision based on the rationale presented by experts. And he's got colons around the experts. Uh, sorry, quotes around the uh, around the uh, word experts. They may be right occasionally, but all the data we have suggests that this is indistinguishable from mere coincidence. There is no art or science that has proven efficacy when it comes to predicting market prices. And I read that and said, after all of these years reading comments from just unknown people related to the article, that is the best I've ever read. And I wanted to give it its just due because everything that he writes there is exactly right. My friends, I have no idea where this current correction is going to bottom. I have no idea when. Maybe it already has. Maybe we have to go down another 10% or more from here. Nobody knows with any kind of precision. But like I had said previously, that's not how our brains are wired. It's too scary. We can't deal with the unknown. We would rather be faced with the boogeyman in, the boogeyman in front of us than the unknown thing lurking behind that closet because we have no idea what's behind there. We want to see the danger right in front of us and then quickly we can try to react to it. And that's the way it is with the market. It's almost like, if is the market going to drop 30%? I can handle that if you can tell me for sure it is. And if somebody comes out and says, well, it is. I've done the data and it's falling 30%. Okay, I don't like that, but at least now I know. Folks, that's dangerous because that person has no idea. And now you're basing a decision on anyone's guess. And even though that person is supposedly an investment professional, and might work at some big investment firm or financial institution and appears on CNBC and gets quoted in the Wall Street Journal. I'm telling you, that person's opinion on where the market is going the next couple of months is no better or no more valid than yours. You don't even have to know anything. I run a contest, as, as some of you know, who get the commentary every year. Guess the Dow. It's a fun little thing. All right. We only do it for fun. And so I send this out to about a thousand people. And it says, and it's always in the beginning of the year. And I tell people, you have a week. Send me where you think the Dow is going to finish. It's just purely a luck game. No, there weren't many people who got anywhere close to what the Dow finished last year because it was a lot stronger than normal. Most of the guesses, of course, are going to be on the upside 10% or more. Well, what if it's on the downside? Okay, somebody guessed on the downside because they're smarter than the guy that predicted the market was going to be up 20%. No. That, now, we try to convince ourselves we got it right because we're smart. How many of you 
sometimes play in those um, um, the the March Madness office pools. I know it gets really delicate because legally some offices you're not supposed to play. All right. So let's be adults here and say it's a common thing. So you've got these office pools. How many times is the smartest guy who knows college basketball inside and out win those things versus the person over here that eh, knows a little bit, but that person wins? Happens all the time, right? The person who supposedly knows exactly the matchup, this team versus the other, because that point guard has a great ability to kind of push off the screen over here and make it. So I'm going to do. No, it doesn't matter when they start playing. It's the person in the cubicle next to you said, I like them because of their, the team colors purple. And that guy wins. And it's the same way with guessing the stock market. Now we can be reasonable. I don't want to totally dismiss the art of trying to figure out where things are going. That, that, that can have some value, but only in how it affects you personally. So one thing that we have to, to, to really keep in mind during this decline is how is this affecting you personally achieving your longer term goals? It shouldn't affect it at all. But my friends, let's, we're going to have an honest discussion here. If, if this decline, which isn't really a huge decline, it's only a big decline if you have been really aggressive and only buying some of these so-called meme stocks, the Robinhood app crowd stocks, putting half your money in Bitcoin at the top. Then you're in a deep doo-doo here, right? But I'm talking to the rest of you who have been responsible and might be a little freaked out about this decline. It shouldn't be affecting your long-term goals. This should have been built in just like banks have to do stress tests every year. I, I, I've, I say this all the time. Do a stress test on your own investment account. Take 20% off tonight. Go in there, say, this is what I have invested with all of my accounts and whack 20% off by the time you wake up in the morning. Has that materially impacted what you're trying to achieve? And the answer is yes, that really sets me back. Then we've got some issues with your plan. You're either unreasonable in your goals. You're way too aggressive. You've got money that you need in the next year or two invested in stocks. You should never do that. So it's time to do a recalibration of expectations here. For the rest of us, we say, yeah, we don't like these pullbacks, don't care for the sticker shock, but ultimately my plan is still in place. And even if we were to go down even further here, it's even it's still in place. And if anything, maybe I'll start to nibble and buy a little bit more if this thing goes a little deeper here. I'm not trying to market time, just taking advantage of some of the declines. It wouldn't surprise me at all, my friends, if the market's still going down here a little bit. This is a reset based on higher inflation and the inevitability of higher interest rates. The Fed has been very clear. They will start raising short-term rates. The market is doing its bidding ahead of time. All right, so don't panic. Don't get bent out of shape. Just accept the unknown, like Michael Palmeter said, in a well-crafted response to a professional making some specific recommendation or opinion where the market's going, and he doesn't have a clue. We'll be right back. Ah, oh, my friend. 
friends, it is 9.52. It has really been a lot of fun for me to visit with everybody the last couple of hours. Look forward to doing it again. Don't know when that'll be. Occasionally, I'll get the uh, text from the folks at KMOX. Hey, can you fill in next Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, whatever the date might be. Um, but um, I'll let everybody know from time to time on my commentary. Now, the next time I host my regular show, which is Dollars and Cents, will be in a couple of weeks, the uh, second Sunday of uh, February, which I believe is the 13th. I know it's right before uh, Valentine's Day. All right. I'm, I want to end on this. I I had talked about the fact that it's impossible to know, of course, exactly where the stock market is going over the next couple of weeks, month, quarters, whatever. But I am such a contrarian. I have found that to be a really good guide for me. I talk about it all the time. And when everybody gets over to one side of the boat, you've got a problem with that boat capsizing. So I, just to be safe, like to go to the other side. I might look like a real loser at first, but it genuinely and generally serves me well uh, eventually. And I find that way with investing at the same time. So one of the things that I do every week is I look at investment sentiment surveys. If I notice a huge amount of enthusiasm and giddiness and a majority of people are bullish, yeah, I start to think, you know what? I don't know that we need to keep adding to stocks right now. I think we, in fact, if anything, maybe we should take a little profit. It's not market timing. We still stay invested, but it's just, it's being prudent and managing money in a very prudent way. Conversely, if we see that the number of bulls are way down and people are really nervous and scared and we compare the percentages to other past times, we might see that, oh, whenever it gets this low for the number of bulls, that's typically a good sign that the market's about to turn. Well, let me give you an update. The American Association of Individual Investors, AAII, I think is one of the best contrarian sites that you can see. The number of bulls, and, and, and you have three choices. It's a very non-scientific poll, so let me throw that out there. But it's been pretty consistent. The, and you have three choices when you participate. You can say you're bullish, bearish, or neutral on the market for the next six months. Three weeks in a row now, the bullish number has been below 25%. The last three weeks, between 20 and 25%. You should know that that doesn't happen very often. The last time it did was in June of 2020. Right as the market was about to just take straight off in the early days of the pandemic. So if you were a contrarian and you saw that the bullish number was between 20 and 25% three weeks in a row in June of 20, what a great time to buy. The average investor got it wrong from a sentiment standpoint. Go back to 2008-9, again in 2000-02 into 03, the two worst bear markets that we've seen in the last couple of generations. The same thing happened. Three weeks in a row. Folks, this is amazing to me. I'll give you one example. In the Great Recession of 2008, all right, that started in late 07 and lasted into early 09. Three weeks in a row, the bullish sentiment was below 25%. What were those three weeks? The weeks of February 19th of 09, February 26th of 09, and March 5th of 09. 
That March 5th number was 19%, one of the lowest numbers on record. Days later, the following Monday would be the final low the market would put in, and then one of the great bull markets of all time was born. That's not to guarantee that we're about to go straight back up. I just throw that out to you to say that we do not see giddiness and we do not see overriding enthusiasm about the stock market. And that's actually a good sign. Doesn't mean we can't go down more, but I am not of the opinion that we are about to see some major crash going forward. Good luck to you with all your investing. And the next time we'll talk will be that second Sunday in February on the Dollars and Cents Show. Make it a good one. We'll talk then. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.